This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. A contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Good morning to you. Welcome in. It's time for Everyday Tech on MPB Sync Radio. I'm your host, Jay White. I'm here today with Jeremy Thompson, the Hattiesburg Computer Doctor. Everyday Tech is MPB Sync Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department, all wrapped up into one convenient package. Listening to this show can help you fix it and help keep you safe, uh, regardless of what your technology problems are or what your story is or what your question is. We can at least try to answer it. We can hear from you this morning. Got a uh, tech problem, issue, question, story, report, review. Love to hear reviews. You could email us everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Jeremy, good morning. What's going on? How's uh, the last week or so been? Maybe business week of 2023 been for you, the first full one anyway. Uh, things have been pretty busy. I've uh, been building computers, running troubleshooters. Placing little black boxes in the back room, making sure that the data goes where it needs to. Place that wire, reboot that machine. I'll be doing a whole lot more of this in 2022. Very nice. It's been a while very, since very... I wrote a poem. You know, I used to do it when I first started the show. It just came to me before. Because I'm always like, oh, yeah, I'm working on this and that and blah, blah, blah. But I've never really, like, organized any of those thoughts. I just kind of spout them out stream of consciousness but i sat down and wrote a little poem very nice i wanted, very nice. I wanted to uh sit down and write a little poem uh for uh technology that we consistently take for granted and uh basically i was just in my feelings last week while i was on a job and i was thinking about how uh well i guess i should give some background uh basically the client had an internet outage and when I got to the job site, um, the uh, the switch was uh, flashing rather rhythmically. And uh, one thing about, you know, lights on these little boxes in our house is they tend to flash arrhythmically. Or if they are flashing rhythmically, it usually means there's some kind of a problem. So especially with a switch, you know, because when that light flashes, that means it's sending and receiving data. So if they're all doing it at the same time, something's up. So I start inspecting the job site and um, I see that their modem has somehow reset itself. So I had to get it logged back in. It's DSL. Um, probably one of the only, only DSL uh, devices still out there. And they, as a business, were paying an obscene amount of money for a terrible connection. So um, I have offered them some advice on doing some upgrades. But anyways, they've had the same modem and same <laughs> switch since I graduated high school in 2005. I was... I was a little bit floored by that, man. I mean, that that is a that's an amazing piece of equipment right there for it to last that long. Usually things these days, you know, they they go about 5 years and then it's time to replace it. There's but, something uh, to be said for that. 
Exactly. Exactly. And so I, that's why I was getting in my feelings, man. I was like, wow, this thing really goes back a long way. And I was, you know, I wasn't trying to like tell them like, hey, your stuff is really old. Ha ha ha. It was like, hey, your stuff is really old. This is super impressive. But we need to look at moving on from this because this is this is beyond archaic. Yeah. So anyways, um, after getting the uh, modem log back in, of course, the switch refuses to do its job. And so the switch, again, is just as old as the modem is. But, you know, I was sitting there thinking, like, you know, we put these little plastic boxes in the back of our businesses and our homes, and we basically just forget about them. And when they work, nobody cares because it's doing its job. There's nothing to worry about. But when that box refuses to do its job, suddenly everything is wrong. And I think we take the technology in our homes for granted sometimes, and we should be extremely grateful that these little boxes do work as well as they do most of the time. You know, for years, endlessly, it's like the, it's like this little slave in the back of your house that just constantly forwards packets and, and brings up your programs and all the things <laughs> you want to look at on the Internet. You know? and we just kind of forget about that. Yep. We take that for granted. And Ford packets. Right. But, you know, we all need to express gratitude to our technology because if it does fail um, and it might because you didn't say thank you, um, you know, just just throw it in there. One little happy thought for your router or your modem or your Internet connection today, because it really does make a huge difference. And that little box works painstakingly 24 seven, never gets a break, never gets a day off until it dies. And then. The ironic part is we usually take that device and put it in the new device's box. And that's its eternal resting place. Uh, The disrespect, ultimately, right? Right. But that's what I did. I took it and put it in the old box and, you know, threw it in the garbage. The guy guy who had that account and got the commission on all this for 17 years past when he even worked for the company anymore. That's that's the trade-off that you get, is that ultimately the resting place for that piece of equipment that he sold that company in 1994 is its replacement box. Right. That's its coffin. Yeah. And most like of your, about your old technology... Ago, we feel for some reason we must keep those boxes right. above all else. <laughs> well, if you have to return it, you know, I mean, I always keep it for that return policy. But then as after soon as that, you don't, right? As soon right. as you don't. And then you forget about it, and you dig it out of the attic like ten years later, covered in dust. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember. When I remember. So, yeah, that was that was super wild. And uh, they are on AT and T DSL, and they run a whole company on it. They don't do a whole lot on the internet, obviously. Um, but it was very crucial that they get their internet back on, not only because they needed to operate but because it's the end of the year. And so there's all these updates that they have to do to their system. And these updates are done by some company in Texas. So if they can't remote in and do the updates, they can't start their 2023 business year. So got them back up and running, got their internet connection back on, put them a new switch in, and they were back in business to an extent. But I told them it's time to replace that modem You definitely need to replace it with a newer one, but you need to look at replacing the connection all together. 
So they are in talks with Seaspire now, I believe, because that is the only internet that comes out to where they are on Highway 40. All right. Now that the poor guy for AT&T has got to figure out where he's going to get that commission from now that that account from 1994 has been closed. Uh, they Thanks to your work. They were paying like two, over $200 a month yeah. for like less than five megabits. Now this reminds me, Jeremy, of like people, I mean, like there are people that still pay for AOL. Yes. Right? I mean, there are accounts that still God. have... God bless those people. Yes. Right. Yes. There, there, yes. There, there are accounts I have that clients still signed up still, automatically. Yes. Paying that 30 bucks a month to whoever it's, owns that conglomerate that's been sold and bought 19 times. I mean, it was AOL. It was Turner. Yeah. It was Tom Warner. It was, you know, whoever else. That's AOL that. is definitely the redheaded stepchild of the, uh, the Internet. I think Towards a lot of time. people keep those emails because they just don't want to change it they don't want to let everybody know that moving on or they just they they, they just don't want to make that final yeah. step away from the old internet well there's a bunch of people god bless their soul that just you know they don't need it that much and they've been able to keep their daily routine um that independent of technology yeah i it's kind of I, impressive i have a client she is 86 years old and she still has an AOL account and I go over there and help her, you know, with whatever, whatever tech stuff she needs. And I always make sure, you know, that she can log into her AOL account. And every time she opens it, she's got like a hundred and something emails and she just clicks the little checkbox up at the top says, you know, delete all. And she deletes ah. them all. And she says, if it was important, they'll send it again. I, I like that rationale. She is my spirit animal. I know, right? I wish my inbox was as clean as hers. It's not. I just wish I, I wish I was that cold blooded with it. I just let it all sit there. Right, like, right. You know, I'm going to delete but, something important. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's 86. She has not a care in the world. That's a great story. He might be our tech MVP for the week, actually, or the Pretty year. Good. Yeah, I haven't heard. Out. I haven't heard from her yet, but I usually get a call, you know, once a month or something like that. She's, like I said, she's 86 and she's not good with technology, and and she uh, she still likes to read on her Kindle, and um, she 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 still gets on the internet and does a few things. She uh, she attends church on her computer. Usually. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. An interesting long conversation we had about that. It started off with the great uh, uh, rhyming that you had. Thank you. But tell me about uh, a little bit about what's going on in the tech world. We've had the um, the right to repair stuff that's already made news a couple of different weeks um, in, in the new year. Last week when we came on, it was you know we we basically talked about that the new right to repair bill was going to be this big deal. And then essentially right before it was about to go into law, it was gutted and left a lot of loopholes. It left a lot to be desired, which I don't know is necessarily unsurprising. Super disappointing. Um, it is lost. super disappointing, but I don't, at least for me anyway, it's not necessarily yeah. surprising. Maybe the more surprising thing is that it got that far with some, you know, positivity that it might be an actual good right to repair law. 
And uh, but anyway, let's switch gears from that. And speaking and of what positivity, it was, what it came to be, and what you uh, have been seeing with that this week, and and this is centered a lot around John Deere. And I don't know how their PR guy looked at this and how he planned on this, but when people think of right to repair laws, at least if you're in the tech realm, you think about you know us talking about cell phones or laptops to be fixed and things like that. But boy, some bad PR juju has centered on John Deere and their yes. tractors well, around this right to repair law. I think it happened because of us. You know, I mean, I, I, I called <laughs> I called him out last week. It's amazing what a week's difference makes this show and and the voice that we have the platform that we have jay we are making a difference right john deere has now come out and said uh, on saturday so let's see wednesday okay all right so it took them three days after they heard our show think about this and decide that it was morally responsible for them morally oh, huh? okay. and companies i know i i gotta i gotta go ironic with it anyways uh basically john deere said that uh they were responsible for providing diagnostic tools and software outside of their company's official authorized repair centers now this is this is big this is this is a this is a really big deal uh, there are still some limitations to it, uh, of course. Um, if there's anything relating to the security of the product, any proprietary information, uh, they do not have to disclose that information. But they are allowing people to repair their own stuff, and they're going to provide guides on how to do it. How much of the stuff can you repair? Future will tell. They try to do something like Apple. Well, we'll be watching, and since we know you're listening, <sighs> be talking. Well, so, let me ask you about this, Jeremy. Yes. From a guy who is an independent repair um, technician uh, and has the knowledge to prepare, uh, repair uh, some things that have tremendous market penetration in North America. We're talking about iPhones and things like that. That's, What's that's you, what? Yeah, yeah. What's what's your take on? You're also a business owner, so you have a very special place in the landscape that that maybe you could see this from different sides. But what where do you come from? What's your take on a company having, let's say, proprietary technology that they've invested a lot of money in? That is, in let's say, in in, in terms of Apple, for example. The, the the blueprint or the scheme for the next round of iPhones or whatever. We just had CES uh, 2023 over the last week or so. Uh, you know, let's say what their future plans for iPhone, that stuff is extremely valuable to them. And while a guy like Jeremy Thompson can take a phone that's not even been released to the public yet and probably with a, a pretty quick amount of time learn the ins and outs of it just by pulling one apart and tinkering, Maybe it's not in their best interest for everybody to know all the ins and outs of their proprietary technology. If you can say, if you could present the argument that it is proprietary technology, and that may be the catch in your opinion about it. But I do want to know what you think about how all that lays out. Well, basically, if they're going to tell me that it's uh, a security thing, 
or it's proprietary that they can't tell me about the inside of the phone, they're going to have to draw a line somewhere where we go from proprietary to basic components inside of a device that can be replaced. Nobody's asking Apple, well, no repair <laughs> shop is asking Apple to release its source code. We don't need yeah. to repair the operating system. We just want to repair the components inside of it. And the list of things that we can repair inside of these devices has been shrinking dramatically for years. So Apple yeah. specifically is like spearheading proprietary in the tech world, in my opinion, because they are manufacturing their own silicone and they have their own processors now. So while that's going to be great for their technology and it's going to run so much better than it would on old architecture that was meant for computers and stuff, um, it allows them to continue to lock us out of things. So for years, I've been hearing that and it hasn't come to fruition yet, but if I replace a screen on a MacBook, I don't have Apple's diagnostic software that the screen that I put on the MacBook will be refused. Okay, well, to my to my knowledge, there isn't a MacBook out there like that. I would really, uh, I would like to hear from somebody if that is not the case. Uh, but to my knowledge, every MacBook that I've put a replacement screen on, I haven't had to have any special diagnostic software in order to verify the screen with the MacBook and so forth. But in the future, if that's what I have to do, then I have to go through Apple to get that tool, and they're going to do everything they can to drive those repairs back to them and keep them out of the hands of businesses and consumers. Or it seems like the other play is that, okay, well, we're going to open this up. And so since there are Jeremy Thompson's and the like out there, we're going to have a program where we can allow you to register uh, and you will be a licensed, I guess, or we give you the, the Twitter unofficial official check mark of um, replacement approval and repair approval. And so they already do that. Yeah, you get to spend what, like fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, you get to invest in your business, <laughs> uh, and we, we're going to send you a gigantic care package of all the crap that you could ever want, and a bunch that you'll never need from us, oh. including books and manuals and dictionaries and okay, packets so and guides I, and all this kind of stuff i gotta stop right. you right there because okay. we have to we have to split the line between consumer and business you see as a business apple sees me as a direct enemy to their bottom line so probably as a business they would not provide me those tools now i don't know that that's speculation but it wouldn't surprise me okay because there was a program that Apple put out where they wanted to team up with other businesses and provide the parts, but they set the prices. They control everything, and they charge you an arm and a leg for the replacement parts to make it so non-competitive in price compared to what you can charge versus what they can charge. It, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to take it to Apple because it's cheaper. So... As a business, I would be very reluctant, and I have been reluctant, to you know become an Apple-authorized shop 
or to uh, to to create some kind of a partnership between me and Apple. And the reason is because they are a massive corporation. And if you do anything to make them battle lash at you, they will destroy you. I'm talking about something as simple as using an Apple logo in your window or something like that. Like, hey, I work on Apple computers. No, you don't. If they send their lawyers after you, they see you putting those logos in the window or whatever. Uh, no, you do not. So mm, yeah. I would be reluctant to put myself on their radar screen any more than I am because I know that we reach worldwide with this show. <laughs> and, you know, I say those things ironically, but I, I, I am pleased to see that some of these things are changing. But there's there's so much effort to continue to minimize the needs of the consumer and people continue to give this power to those companies because there's no good avenues for repairing your own stuff. Now, if John Deere is going to give the service guides, which talks about how to remove every screw and every tool that you need to do it, that's fantastic. Because yeah. that's what people need to fix their own stuff. That's how I got started fixing stuff. You think I just like, to, well, actually, I'll take that back. I tried to tear into a laptop without a guide on how to do it. You know, oh. back when I was a young budding engineer and I was like, this is stupid. Well, I just need to get to the hard drive. Why do I have to do all, can I just break all this apart? No, no, you can't. They're, they're, they're every screw, it, it, there's always one hidden screw. These ribbons all. all look like they did need to detach. I bet they just go right back in. Well, it, it, right. And, and so it, they definitely did. <laughs> Those ribbons never, ever go never. right back in. So, you know, it, it, older computers were built like tanks, and it took a long time to disassemble them. Newer computers are built very cheaply, and it, most of them, most of them, thinking about some IBM ThinkPads, got some PTSD, <laughs> uh, but most of them are pretty easy to take apart. You don't need a guide necessarily to do it, but... For a person like me, I don't need a guide anymore. I've been doing this for years. But for the average consumer, for the little 16-year-old kid that told me he just you know, emailed me and said he's building his own computer and all, those kinds of people need those guides so that they can learn the proper procedures to disassemble these things. Because if the argument is, oh, well, we need it to be safe, okay, provide us a guide and tell us how to do it safely, and we will do exactly what the instructions say. Because... You can't skip steps on these things. They make them that way. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, putting Legos together. You gotta start with the the first bag and, and work your way up to, to, to bag twelve. Well, I think that ultimately I guess the, the crux of all this comes down to this. And and you and I, when we talk about this on the show, which is fairly occasionally. We kind of talk circles around what this, the, the basic concept of this or where the catch is in the basic concept of all this. And, and, and I think consumers can see this, certainly. And it has a lot to do with how our government works, as always. But this all comes down to companies that have an extremely high, extremely leverageable uh, market percentage in their field, whatever it is, whether it be uh, iPhones, or John Deere Trackers, those are two companies and brands that have ridiculously, like overwhelmingly high percentage of not just um, market penetration, but brand awareness. I'm not a farmer, I've never been a farmer, 
I don't know that I've ever been on a farm, but I know what a John Deere tractor is, and I know what their logo looks like. I know the two colors. I've seen the hats. Right. You know, I know what FFA stands for, and I ain't been part of none of that ever in my life. But that's the power of their brand and their equipment. And I can understand to some certain extent where they want to protect their technology. And at this point, even for an agriculture company, I say even for, uh, at this point specifically for an agriculture company like John Deere, man, it's, it's, it's not about nuts and bolts anymore. It's all about digital technology. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's not going back. It's headed more in that direction So uh, at forever. But I understand at the same time, there, there are people out there that know how to, they know how to fix tractors, Jeremy. And so what's wrong with a guy who knows how to fix a tractor? Look, I come from a family of mechanics. My uncle was a mechanic. My grandfather was a mechanic. Uh, my, or my mom's dad was a mechanic. My dad's dad um, ran the parts warehouse at Knowles Automotive in downtown Jackson for like 45 years. Like he sold parts for a living. I've been around cars my whole life. Sometimes people just know how to fix stuff. Should they have the right to be able to fix a thing if they can just open it up and make it fix? I think and, so. And it's, that's just, it's, a, it's a very simple question, but because of the way technology works now and, and people's proprietary rights to the things that they create makes it a whole different ballgame. And I don't know that there's a right or a wrong answer or we'll ever f- find one that everybody settles on unless the EU tells us what to pick. <laughs> and makes oh. it law, so everybody, everybody gets on the same page. But yeah, it's, it's as simple a question as that. When that I, guy that knows how to fix something have the right to fix it, regardless of whose it is. When I found this article on Reddit about U.S. farmers winning the fight to repair John Deere equipment, uh, the top comment really put a put a nice little bow on this thing. This is from T-minus Giraffe, so holler out to you, man. Uh, if, <laughs> it says, if you ask me, farmers never won the right to do that. John Deere just lost the legal battle to get the government to have their back as they tried to take a natural right away. And I agree. It's a natural right. Yeah. It was my natural right to tear into those computers when I was 14 years old and learn what I learned to establish myself and do what I do for people. And if I didn't have that freedom as a kid, I might not be sitting here and talking to you on the show right now. And I get a little emotional when I think about that, man, because I didn't have a lot growing up and learning this stuff. In fact, my best friend, Alan, who probably is listening to this show right now. What's up, Alan? Um, He called me over to his house because his brother, Robbie, was like, super tech guru and he had a bunch of pc parts and he was like man let's put you a computer together and that that night that Dang, he called Al- Alan, me, that, Alan. he's a true yeah, friend man he is man and he he sparked a fire in me that's alive to this day i love working with technology and i love helping people with it and if i didn't have the right to repair my own stuff i might not be here which means the next generation of people like me might not be here and that might make some some shareholders really happy but it doesn't make individual free thinking americans right right very interesting and again i you know and again shout out to alan great story 
guys just sitting at his house. Like, hey, man, let's build you a rig for no reason at all. So, He's been my homie forever, man. <laughs> Everybody needs an Allen, right? This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening. It is January the 11th, 2023, and we would love to hear from you this morning. For folks who haven't listened over the last couple of weeks, Jeremy, to quickly recap, uh, what's the thing that you've, now that you we're a couple of weeks out of Christmas, what's the thing that you're going back to the most over your Christmas or holiday gifts that you keep going back to? It turns out to be your favorite thing. Huh. What a weird question. <laughs> I, I wish you would have told me that you were going to ask me this. Oh, I'm sorry. You asked me because like my mind is completely blank. Um, I re- I really don't know, man. I have had such a busy uh, holiday. Um, well, it might be that you've been so busy that you haven't really figured out what your go-to is out of the I, holiday. I gift really haven't had time yet. to to decompress yet and, and soak it all in. To be honest with you, I, I'm just skating by day to day. Uh, I barely slept last night, so like, yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't really had much time to. Uh, to be leisurely so um i guess i guess i'll say that um i'm still digging my galaxy watch man the battery life on it is nuts compared to the old one um and we talked about that when when it came out they were talking about how what an advancement the battery life was going to be for this next round yeah i'm used to charging my like every night and now i get like three days out of it Ooh, that's just enough for me to forget and it work its way out of my daily routine right right and, and then be somewhere yeah. when it goes dead that's not where the charger is and then i don't have that watch for a day well the cool thing <laughs> about it is you know, when the battery gets too low it'll be like hey your battery's super low do you want to just like have me display the time when you tap me like, yeah yeah that's cool do that it can do that for an extremely long time i see i you know i don't know i i, I think i want Here's old guy Jay talking now. I want to have the technology that, or I guess the function, the, the connected functionality of of our phones, and I mean MacBooks to this point that those watches can give you. But at the same time, I mean everybody's already got my attention in my pocket or in my hand. Why do I want to slap them on my wrist also? And I'm kind of like I'm hyper defensive of that at this point. Oh, I get it. I get it. Because I think about it all the time. I'm like, you know, what kind of information can they really ascertain about me by looking at my watch and how many steps I take every day? Um, The answer is a lot. Because they know when you're sleeping. They know Uh. when you're active. They know when you're ill. They know more than Santa Claus knows, man. That's that's dangerous. Yeah. And that... It's a trade-off that I make because I, I like to look at these metrics. You know, I was looking at my uh, stats for last year. I walked over two million steps last year. That That's is, pretty cool. Yeah, I average six thousand steps a day, so I'm staying pretty active. I met my daily goal target 182 out of 365 days. I thought that was pretty cool. That's like 50 percent. That's gonna say you're back. Yeah, you're batting up around 500 or over 500 there. And the day with the most steps was June 11th, which was the day I moved into my house, which, man, that has been a life experience. 
Too bad this tech show because I could go on and on and on about my house, but none of it's techy and none of it's fun. That's all right. Hey, we got we fix it one hundred and one airs Wednesdays at nine, one hour before we go on, and it's a show about that. Jay, if I fix the stuff that's messed up in my house, I'd be called fix it every. Hey, uh, this broke while I was doing this, and uh, I cut this way too short. Is there some way that I can just put some caulk in there and see? No, I would just. I've got a a, my cousin. He. He's a that's the difference between you and me. At least you you have the courage to go in there and cut it and maybe yeah, cut it no, too short and break it. Nope. But I'm like I'm like I'm not messing with that because what if it breaks? Then I've I've broken the house. I I will fiddle with some basic electrical stuff. And my wife's like, dude, it's a doorknob. Stop. And I'm like, shut up. Okay. I'll I'll do doorknobs and I've installed some you know some smart locks in my house and they're pretty cool because you got to like scan your thumbprint and all that. They mess up sometimes, but they work pretty good overall. But yeah, other than that, man, I don't I don't do DIY stuff because I just I just know from like working in my own field, like you want a professional to handle some of this stuff because it's daunting. And when you look at something for the first time and there's like fifty steps, you're like, Oh, what? Fifty steps. I don't even have to work this hard to make dinner. <laughs> it's just one of those things. And, you know, I like I'll look up a repair guide on iFixit, you know, which is a great website. And it's been around for a very long time. And they are massive pioneers of the right to repair. But with an iPhone repair, typically you scroll through like the first 20 steps before you get the screen off. So it's like sometimes maybe there are too many steps, but well, I, uh, we know that's intentional also. So. You know, again, back on the, the right to repair thing, you know, with the, with the Apple kit and being so disingenuous with wanting people to fix their stuff. I mean, it takes a suction cup and something to stick up under the screen to get it off. But you got to have a special screwdriver, which anybody that's fixing this kind of stuff either, it ought to come with a kit that you buy online if you want to try to fix it yourself. But if you try to fix your own stuff, you just have to remember to take your time. Now, here I am talking about how I won't fix stuff in my house because I won't take my time. I don't have the patience for it. The technology, I have the patience for it. And I have learned after breaking so many screens and ripping so many ribbon cables, like, you have to take the time. And that's... Yeah. One reason that I yield to a professional with other things is because I just don't, I don't even know where I'm supposed to take my time. But with technology, I've learned the delicate side. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to the phones. Our first call today is Robbie from Peru. Robbie, thanks for calling in. Good morning to you. What's happening? Hey, good morning. Um, the other night, I closed the lid on my laptop, and the next morning I opened it, and I had a pop-up window saying that I needed to restart my computer to install an update. I did that. It installed the update. Then I got a pop-up window. Do you want to restore your pages? So I clicked on that and installed the pages. But instead of installing the pages under the Chrome tab at the bottom in the taskbar, it installed them under CCleaner. They work fine. Isn't that kind of weird? I didn't know CCleaner had a browser. I have never used the CCleaner browser. 
uninstall it, do a system restore, reinstall the updates, and just let CCleaner uh, go? Uh, no, I don't think you have to do all that. I think you could just uninstall the CCleaner browser, um, but before you do it, import your uh, your bookmarks and everything to Firefox or Chrome or whatever you're going to use. Um, Chrome is going to have some changes this year. Uh, ad blocking is not going to work as efficiently as it has in the past, so I recommend Firefox. Firefox, okay, okay. Yeah, so install Firefox at yeah. Firefox.com. It's never happened before, and it just kind of it never happened before, and it kind of blew my mind that it came up under CCleaner. Yeah, I don't know why it would do that, but if you don't even use that, I would just import my bookmarks to another browser and remove it. Okay. All right. Thank you for your help. Have a good day. All right. We appreciate the call, Robbie, calling in from Peru today. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I am Jay White. Thank you so much for listening on this Wednesday morning. Hey, coming up next in about nine minutes, it's going to be Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. That's uh, Wednesday mornings at 11 right here on MPB Think Radio. As, as I mentioned again last segment, you can download the, the uh, podcast of this and all the episodes of Everyday Tech. Uh, number one, you can listen to them on demand at our website, mpbonline.org. You can download our app, MPB Public Media app, free in the public, free, free in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Uh, and that's a free app. You can listen to it live or on demand there. And then wherever you do your, your podcasts, you can download Everyday Tech there or on YouTube as well, the MPB Think Radio channel. Let's go right back into it. A uh, couple of calls before we get out. We got Willie in Long Beach. To start this last segment, Willie, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's happening? Morning. I got a problem hey. with my, uh, all right, uh, Windows. I got an outside computer. All I got now is a blinking light in the, in left, in the left corner, which mm-hmm. it, it has gone away. Okay, so and that light is actually going to blink in some kind of a sequence. It'll be either short or long. You need to look at it and see, is it long, long, short, short, long, long, whatever. It's basically like Morse code, um, but you'll notice when the sequence repeats, and that will give you an idea. You can Google it or you can tell me what it's doing um, as to what the problem is. Oh, okay. In the old days, oh. computers would beep, but now the light's just flat. Yeah, yeah. It just sits there and just a steady... Just a steady beat. So now, if it's a steady now, beat, is your is your scroll lock light also flashing? Is the caps lock light flashing, or is it the power button itself has a little light on it and it's flashing? No. Okay. So generally, now, if I were to get this computer on my bench, the first thing I would try to do is remove the power from it, and then uh-huh. if you can remove the battery, that's removable battery, just take the battery out and hold the power button down for about sixty seconds, and put the battery back in it, try to turn it back on. That might fix it. Okay. Uh, if you've got a memory issue or something like that, and you want to take your computer apart, um, get you out a little screwdriver and be real careful opening it up there. And uh, you might need to replace the memory. You might have a dead motherboard. Um, if you don't want to open okay. your computer up, then I recommend you take it to a computer shop and have them do a full assessment on it. Yeah. If you yeah. can, um, if you can pull the power from it, try that first. Okay. Let me tell you, before all this happened, it was shut down, 
and a barcode will come up there and tell me to call the service, a, a phone mm. number. Um, and then that kind of sounds like a virus on your machine. I don't know. I mean, I guess HP could pop up some kind of a dialogue box that says call service. Uh, but generally, if your computer needs service at that point, it won't come on or it'll give you like an error for Windows or something like that. But it sounds like yeah. if it did say something like that, then we're leaning more towards a hardware failure like a bad board or something. Yeah. Hey, Willie. Okay. Willie, if you will, uh, take a picture uh, with your phone of that warning screen that you're talking about. And okay, shoot us an it email. Don't come. It, was, it don't say, come up anymore. anymore. It doesn't come up anymore. Um, then uh, we're at the point where either the problem has gotten worse, and uh, it's it's definitely going to need some kind of service. Um, is okay. the battery removable? I don't know. I, I'll have to take it to load. All right. Well, if you flip it over, uh, you should see a little release button that you slide. Uh, to get it out, in most cases, on HPs. Um, yeah. Flip that little switch, push it, and uh, put some pressure on your battery if you can pull it up. If you can't, I mean, a lot of computers do have internal batteries now, and they require disassembly and removal of that battery in order to drain the board so that you can hopefully get a clean boot. Okay. All right. I'll try, and I'll call you back next week. All right, Willie. Oh, yeah, Willie, I was, I, we, we appreciate that. I was going to say, take a picture of that with your phone and send it to us uh, in an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. But if they're not popping that up, I guess maybe uh, either he's accidentally engaged what they want him to do that gives them more access, right? Or I, they, I definitely, figured out, they figured out that he's not going to engage and they found a different way to go about it. I know uh, something like this. I mean, there's there's definitely something wrong with the computer if it won't come on. Nobody's going to be able to like hardware lock your computer like this through yeah. some kind of software. They nobody. It would take a pretty talented individual that I doubt he has encountered in order to do something crazy like that. Um, having said that, um, if if you do see an error message on your computer and you want us to take a look at it, take a picture of that and email that to us. Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org, and we'll be happy to let you know if it's legitimate or it looks like something that is completely bogus. Absolutely, and once a quarter, I remember to check the email. And uh, y'all got to give me access to the email. We do, we do. I got to figure out a better way to. Uh, like it's the 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 issue is is that I think it's I have access to it on the computer in my office and maybe that's the only place like i haven't got it set up in my phone yet and i maybe don't want to bother the it guy with it so i don't know we just suffer until then that that do go unanswered we we do apologize we're going to do better in 2023 thank you there's a woman that has sent the same question at least four times uh over the course of a couple of months and i'm like yeah Yeah. man i this is I'm sorry, I'm going to get this on that on the air. And then I put it into the show plan for the next day show or the next week's show. And then we start talking about stuff and then people start calling and I forget to do it. Or it just kind of gets it, it's it's in the place where it gets squeezed out if everything else happens. And I got that's what I need to do. I need to reassess where I put emails in our show or either stop telling people that they can send them to us. We're going to say you never know how the show is going to go 
you can have a whole show planned, all these different things you want to talk about, and then get a show full of calls. So it's really tough to like plan a show. So that's it my to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's 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 fun, uh, and we're looking forward to what we're going to do with Everyday Tech in 2023. Adding some stuff to it, trying some new things, not letting it get too stale. Hopefully, that's going to do it for us. Hey, stay tuned. Coming up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.